Welcome once again to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. In this episode, Pastor Andrew shows us a different perspective on the meaning of God's words in Isaiah 55.9 and how we enter a special place when our thoughts and actions become more like those of God. Touching on our readings today, all three readings challenges on the same thing and challenges as to why I believe that God wants us to have his thoughts and he wants us to have his ways. And that is because he challenges Israel in the passage, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near, Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. So how do I justify my interpretation? Ways and thoughts. Ways and thoughts are spoken twice in the passage. The wicked ways the evil thoughts, God's ways, and God's thoughts. What God was saying to Israel, your ways should be my ways, and your thoughts should be my thoughts. And then Paul, in his passage, begins to unpack the way in which Israel had transgressed against God in the wilderness at the very point in time where they're receiving the law, the righteousness of God. And then Jesus, he picks up, well, it starts by somebody saying, did you know what Pilate did to the Galileans that he actually mixed their blood with their sacrifices? So Pilate had gone in and killed people while they are at worship. And somebody raised this with Jesus. Did you know that Pilate did this, Jesus? And you would expect Jesus to say how terrible Pilate was for doing that. And that's what they expected Jesus to say. But he didn't say that. He said, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will perish. Oh, hold on. It's Pilate who offended. And Jesus calls the people in front of him to repent. Really? And he didn't finish there. And those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, 
Do you think they are more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Woo. How is it that Jesus turns this on his hearers rather than those who suffered or Pilate? Because whatever was going on with Pilate and whatever was going on with those who were killed in Salome, Jesus was more concerned about the condition of the people sitting in front of him. He was concerned that their lives, their eternal lives, were at risk. And he challenged them. He challenged them to repent, lest they will perish. And then he undergirds it by telling a parable about a poor fig tree. Remember that he'd killed a fig tree later? Well, he's got a parable about digging a fig tree out. Jesus understood the cultivation of fig trees. He understood that they're supposed to bear fruit. That's their purpose. Other trees are just there to look pretty, but fig trees, their job was to produce fruit. And the parable talks about a fig tree that just wasn't playing the game, wasn't producing fruit, and the owner said, dig it out. But his manager said, hold on, let's give it a year. Let me fertilise it, dig around it, and nurture it, and if it doesn't produce fruit next year, take it out. So Jesus not only challenges them to repent, but really undergirds it with the parable of the actual danger and peril that they sat in. That they really didn't know their God. That they weren't really walking righteously with him. And they needed to make a change. That's the challenge that Isaiah threw at the people. And the challenge for us. And you know, it actually is achievable. Is to let God's thoughts become our thoughts. And let God's ways become our ways. And when we attain that and move into that. It's an extremely special place to be with God. And you begin to see things differently. You begin to understand things that you don't quite understand in your natural state. That you begin to get God's perspectives and thoughts and understand just what he's trying to do. And you're no longer thrown by the troubles and the difficulties. Because you understand God has a way in the midst of those troubles and difficulties to achieve his purpose. The part of that passage we didn't get, and let me just read it. For after he said, your ways are my thoughts. For as the rain comes down 
and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And over the years I've met so many Christians who've had a word from God never to come to fruition. Maybe God was asking something of them something that they had to do before that word could bear fruit or the fruit that they expected. For instance, if you feel that God's called you to be a surgeon but you don't want to study, that word's never going to come to fruition. You're looking at eight to ten years of study to become a surgeon. And so often we have a word from God that requires work from us and we don't put the work in. It's never going to come to fruition. But sometimes there's a word that comes from God that we put all the work into that we should and it still doesn't come to fruition because it achieved already what God had intended it to achieve. We had a word from God last night and he said this, I'm sending people to you and they're going to come with gifts and skills and they're going to come to be a part of what we're doing. And I don't know what you would respond, but I think, well, hurry up, God, you know, get them here. They're taking their time. And I thought, no, they're going to arrive when God wants them to arrive, if he's sending them to us. And God has an intention for this. He didn't just build this building for no reason. He didn't take us through all the pain that we've been through because of that. He's bringing a people to us that are going to contribute, they're going to give, they're going to support, but they're going to have opinions. They're going to have perceptions. And some of them will be challenging to us. Some will be encouraging. We've got to stretch our minds and our hearts here to encompass what God wants to do. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron... So one person sharpens another. The problem is when such sharpening turns to untested assumptions, criticisms and judgments. In such an environment, relationships lose their tender-heartedness. As we move into a new openness... We need to be aware of the importance of a healthy development of the spiritual, relational and physical fabric of our church. We need to engage 
the world around us and meet the challenges it poses to us without losing our identity and core meaning of Christ the Cornerstone Anglican Church. So we don't enter into this by letting go of who we are. In fact, one of the elements of good open system operation is to retain who we are in the midst of meeting the challenges of the world around us. God has transformed our lives through the words that he's given to us. If we have a promise from him that hasn't come to fruition, we need to go back and look at it. Have we put the work in? If we put the work in, then it's fulfilled God's intention, the reason that he sent it. If we haven't put the work in, there might be just time left for us to do that, to attend to it, maybe to pray over it, maybe to study over it, maybe to develop a skill that we need. But whatever it is, allowing the word that comes from his mouth to fulfill his purpose and achieve that purpose. Father God, we come to you. You know the fear that surrounds and the anxieties that come with it. And we bring before you this day the troubles of the week and we lay them at your feet, asking that you would take our burdens from us and that we might hear you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages from Pastor Andrew, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au.